Uh, I don't want to interrupt you. Just the other association everyone here is making less symbolically, but more like intuitively is just the need to disinfect. So obviously we're disinfecting our hands, but maybe no one's making the connection that we're actually buying toilet paper out of our intuitive desire to disinfect as opposed to just needing to stock up on essential supplies. That's all. Please continue. No, yeah, totally. Like uh, um, what Doug was saying before at the grocery store, it's like that is the first thing people buy is toilet paper. Like the first wave was toilet paper and then food. <laughs> yeah, like it, it's, uh, it's definitely irrational. Interesting, like the fact that toilet paper is the first thing to go, it really, I mean, at the, at the base level, it really just says, if above all else, no matter how bad it gets, I need to be able to wipe my ass and like that's the highest priority and it's like that's the base most basic form like what Joe was saying it is the most basic form of disinfecting like you know and it's the dirtiest thing that your body does and you know so I kind of get it it's just so weird to realize that yeah at the end of the day you really you really just want to be able to wipe your ass well, something that uh, Allen Ginsberg used to say, too, is that, uh, like, after he went to India, and in India there, people wash their ass with water every time they take a shit. They don't use paper. Uh-huh. Um, and he was saying that, uh, like, back in America, people using toilet paper, but you can never get your ass completely clean with, with toilet paper. Oh, it's so a nightmare. If you've got a really so, nasty one, it's a nightmare. Well, so 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 he's saying that, Everybody's Jesus. everybody in the in the U.S. is running around with a well, U.S. and other Western countries running around with a dirty asshole, and that makes them unconsciously feel guilty all the time. <laughs> you know, totally. they're they're, they're, they're unclean. You know, this this sense that uh, they're not totally pure. Yeah. Um, I feel like we moved into the realm of Freud at this point now. <laughs> yeah, Lacan, the can. Yeah. But it's well, the uh, same. It's the same with all these other scares, like uh, the recent scares um, over the last ten or twenty years, like terrorism and the. Uh, we were talking before about the oil gushing and the, the BP oil uh, spill in the Gulf. Right. And yeah, and that the Bush pollution. regime, the Bush regime called it an existential threat. Like all these things are. are are this this idea of this this welling up of of the shadow, you know? And so so you have two things going on in the world. You have this the world getting together as one, which which it is inevitably, you know, because of our technology and globalization, everything, you know, um, it, it can't really be stopped. But then at the same time, we're having to face our shadow, you know, and that from a from a Jungian sense, it totally makes sense, you know. And so all this stuff is bubbling up like the the resurgence of like fundamentalism and uh, even even fears of Nazis and, and uh, racism, all of this stuff is coming up again because it, we haven't we haven't dealt with our shadow, you know, on a on a on a global level. Um, so it seems like on one hand, this virus, this this sort of contagion, is another symptom of that, you know, or a reaction, a natural, or you know, an uh... A Mother Gaia type of natural reaction. Yeah, yeah, it's like 
what is the collective unconscious? And this is something that Jung would say that there, there isn't a border to it. Like even, even your individual uh, unconscious, there's no, you can't really put it, place a border on it, and it it sort of blurs into the collective. And then what is the collective? It's it's the world soul, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the world psyche. Um, so it's it's definitely like a you, you could say it, it's the mind of Gaia or whatever it is. Um, yeah, yeah, Jack. Totally. Uh, Guillaume is saying about the pollution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can you can you say anything about that, Guillaume? About the, in in uh, in Europe, have you noticed that or? Uh, no, not especially, except uh, watching the the sky. Uh, you don't see the, the all the white line uh, that yeah, much. Yeah, I, not- I noticed that too. So that's that, that reasonable. But I was seeing uh, the um, China from um, from space. I think it was a photograph uh, which was seeing that uh, the, 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 the were, there were there was no pollution anymore um, uh, on uh, Wuhan, and so you know. The, the morality is, is funny because uh, it it had to happen. Uh, nobody was uh, willing to 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 stop uh, to to do what what needed to be done so so that it slow slow down the pollution and then the, there's this virus uh, that, that arrives and stops everything and shows that it, it can happen. You know. Yeah, it that's can a be big, slowed that's down. A big thing. Yeah. Well, there's 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 other sides of that, right? So you have like where I remember the first day I saw a bunch of my, like, quote-unquote liberal friends on Facebook, like, being like, why isn't Trump shutting down the border? And I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a second. Like, didn't just a few weeks ago you were, like, really against that, right? Um, So, like, obviously there's different intentions, but, like, seeing something like that or, um, uh, your point of, like, shutting down production from a pollution standpoint for an environmental cause, but what about, say, in Canada where you had people protesting, hey, you can't build this pipeline through here, like, this is sovereign land, all these questions, people like, hey, you can't shut down our trains, you can't, you can't protest and shut down our highways and our ports, like, fuck you guys for caring about something, and now suddenly it's like, oh, well, we need to shut those ports down. Exactly. It's really fascinating how this is happening, yeah. And it shows that that it that that it can happen and that it's effective, you know, when it happens. You know. Yeah, even even other things like um, the banning of liquids on flights, and now they're allowing um, allowing you to bring in stuff like hand sanitizer solutions on on flights, which just shows that the whole thing <laughs> about banning liquids was bullshit from the beginning, you know. Um. It'd be nice if they let you wear your shoes again. <laughs> well, that's that's another thing. Is they're, they're saying the uh, the dirtiest place in an airport are those plastic trays that you have to put all your stuff in to go oh. through the, <laughs> the 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 uh, the scanners, you know. So it, it, as, and especially shoes, like you're putting your your shoes in there. Um, so, yeah, maybe they will stop that. Um, yeah, I'm just reading about places the... where they've let they've let uh, like small offenders out of prison, or like how do we how do we cut down our prison population? How do we? It's fascinating that there's some like really admirable actions happening 
in in this because like there are days you guys mentioned the lack of um air traffic so for me the air traffic over my head is so vibrant right now has been for the last like week or so that it's like it has made my anxiety skyrocket like why hey aren't there no planes flying why are there all these planes over my head but i'm also in virginia where there's probably a lot of military bases or um even though they were even supplies and stuff like that, who knows? Um, but to say the where you see things actually changing for the positive, uh, that helps balance that for me to see, okay, this idea that like, well, everyone's going to be on fucking lockdown, but yeah, actually they're letting some people out of prison. It's, it's not like this uh, Gestapo. It's not like the intention is just to round up everyone and fucking murder everyone. No, no. The, You know, like, I don't see that. And um, that's... It's really good. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, I'm happy but, that's not the intention. Yeah. Just like a, I, want, I wanted to say that uh, viruses have, have been there... For forever now, so uh, this thing can happen without it being engineered, uh, without a problem, you know. So it kind of speaks to just how we live in this this very hopeful now. I think you posted something about that, Sonora, where there's there's a history of these things. You know, so the idea that we we should be prepared for what life is going to bring us. I know generations used to be a lot more prepared for, like, a hard winter or whatever. You know, they'd can their own food, and they weren't living. Like, it's the idea of globalism, where it's always on, everything's always available. You can always order on Amazon, and it'll be there tomorrow. And this definitely puts a boot into that whole idea mm. especially if if like you were saying the distribution chains where a company doesn't even know all the places their products come from because it's all so interconnected that this piece of plastic plastic is made in this country and then shipped to this country and molded in this way and then turned into this and then eventually it goes into the warehouse in this country and yeah yeah I, um... Not that I'm like hoping that this was premeditated and contrived by the globalist powers, whoever that might be, but if it is, I am infinitely interested in just what they have planned. <laughs> like the the possibilities are so intriguing. Uh, hopefully, not involving like mass deaths in any capacity. But I mean, I've already heard some really cool theories, like moving us to a type of living style where everyone's inside for 50% more of more of our lives than we have been in the past or con, you know condensing um, major metropolitan areas but at the same time implementing social distancing uh, so that like all our goods can be delivered more efficiently by through automated processes but we still don't have to like interact with each other and all of that stuff is like very possible. And I mean, now, you know, especially with like the very recent rise of Amazon and like, you know, the capacity for like 
the the shapers of you know the global like conspiracy shapers of our lives to actually implement something that's totally transformative is like very very real so if corona is like part of that whole gig then uh man i, I can't wait to see what it is because it could come about in the next like two three five years you know yeah 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 i kind of wish um i kind of wish there was somebody more conspiratorial on this uh on this call because i <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I want to I want to put forth that viewpoint, you know, even though I don't really see it. But uh, but no, I I totally agree with that. It's it's like uh, Zizek again. Um, he's saying the model is China, you know, for all these other countries in the world, the model is China, which is basically this authoritarian style of corporate capitalism. And you look at China, and it's it's what Joe is saying. It's like everybody is even more connected with their phone than, than any other country, than even Japan, you know, and you can just order, like in, in, in normal times, just order in your apartment a single avocado, and an avocado would come to your house, and you can use it to have an avocado toast with, you know, it's, everything's connected, you pay for it through your phone, there's hardly any cash involved, and, and then you have these uh, social monitoring systems, um, and, and that seems to be what's in the cards um, for for places all over the world, especially, like, if you look at now, what's happened is uh, China China has dealt with the virus, apparently, you know, is what they say, you know, and it does, it does seem like production's coming back again. And so the model for fighting it all over the world is, is the Chinese model, you know, is the Chinese system. Um, and so if, if you want to look in the future of what, the globalists, or whatever you want to call it, the, ca the capitalist class, what they want to implement for the, for the rest of the world, it's it's the authoritarian corporate capitalist system that they have in China, you know. Well, it's kind of like what Alan was saying earlier about, uh, you know, whether they did it or or. Um... Sorry, guys, I just totally lost my train of thought. <clears throat> saying that it, whether it was planned or they're just taking advantage of a situation, the end result is sort of the same. Um, yeah, that's um, exactly right. Like it's it's kind of like a lot of people that wait for a crisis in the stock market to purchase, you know, certain, you know, stocks. It's like they're just sort of waiting for something bad to happen. And so whether or not this was engineered or not, we do get to get a glimpse of what they had planned because I think we could probably all agree that um, whatever like plans the globalists have for humanity, they understand that crisis situations are when they get to, you know, move forward in their little tiptoe process. That's exactly right. what so, happened. That's what happened with 9-11 and, and, and the Patriot Act. Like they used that as an opportunity to, they had on the shelf for a decade, all of these ideas that they wanted to get through and they used 9-11, they put it all in the Patriot Act. Exactly, it. exactly. I've yes. heard, sorry, sorry, go sorry go no, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, um, one of the things I've heard that has been, like, sitting around as a plan that they want to, they're, they're going to try to implement during this crisis is to move every, everyone, everyone to uh, cashless money. Right. Basically. And yeah, it, I've heard that too. 
to implement something like that, that would that would force you know literally everyone to to register with the government in a way that's constantly trackable. Because I mean, what what else besides your your purchasing behavior has more data extracted from it? You know, um, right. So I uh, just to say, I like my last my last week's money because they shut my my bar down. Mm-hmm. Uh, over a week ago, and then my boss was like, "Hey, if you want, well, I guess it's been uh, okay. Yeah, it's been over like a week and a half now." But anyway, um, he was like, "If you want, I have a bunch of cash. Your cash tips here, so you don't have to come pick them up. I can like, I'll deposit them and just put it onto like your paycheck. I'll like, you know, right? Just make a direct deposit or whatever." And I was like, "No, man, I want the fucking cash." Like, I want the liquidity of some shit goes down and I got to run, you know, I, who knows? Like, yep. that that's my old school way of thinking. It's like, no, no, I want I want to be, I want the flexibility and mobility uh, and, and all these things. Um, that's how I, to me, that's how I, the appropriate response in an emergency. Yeah, um, a bank. But, yeah, it's... Well, this is, you know, it's funny that when you're talking about a a cashless society or anything else that they might be planning, you know, we as people who investigate this always understand that they first need to scare us so that they have the opportunity to do this. But I'd never really thought about this detail of it, which is that they they can't just scare us to death without having the technological or systematic um abilities to let us live a normal life in like our new scared sort yeah, of yeah, um, exactly. habitat like it's like exactly. they scared us they scared us to run back into our caves but it's like the reason they could never do that in the past was cuz our caves never had iPhones in them so we would never just sit idly in our houses and it's right. like through this particular the nature of this particular scare has kind of opened my eyes to the fact that maybe they were hip to the idea that like they can't just scare us half to death. We have to have a safe place to run to. And with like the viral scare, we finally do have a safe place to run to only in the last like decade, I would argue, because yeah, yeah. Yep, there yeah. was there was no capacity to like mass deliver groceries or mass deliver necessities or like all of the luxuries that we enjoy now that allow us to stay home during this coronavirus epidemic yep, yep. is like this we couldn't have done this 10 years ago we just couldn't we wouldn't have tolerated uh being locked you know the lockdown no 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 way the ease the ease with which we have normalized this lockdown i mean i know that it's been been about seven days for me and like this is my life now and i'm like it's it's not that much different than my life before and it's also not that difficult i mean i don't think it's difficult at all actually and I don't think that that's a coincidence. Nope. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just a question of how much control anyone has over this process. You know, it's uh, like things are just they're still spiraling out of control in in every uh, on every level in every direction. You know, like this is this is now like I was saying, spreading out over the the south. Um, as well on developed countries. So if 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 that really takes root in 
in undeveloped countries, you know, where there is no infrastructure, like we're talking about, then then it is going to be a, a much bigger thing, you know. Um, so it, it, I don't know. I'm of I'm of kind of two minds. Like I see that also that uh, that that it does seem like they've got the system in place, but at the same time, it doesn't seem like it's under anyone's control, you know. And uh, so, Sonor, this is this is a at the root of something we've discussed for years of um, what can whether that's we just talk about the whole psychedelics like the Jan Irvin idea of like oh it was all manipulated and the entire '60s movement was this or whatever it's like yeah they certainly fucking tried they certainly tried that doesn't mean that that was actually what they got. Um, yeah, well, that's just one just, example, but yeah. I was just yeah, listening totally to like, you. Oh, sorry. I, I was just going to say to Alan, like I was just listening to your conversation with David last night. Um, finally got to that. And uh, and David was saying, and I totally agree with this, is that uh, even though all the, like we get really occult conspiracy right, right up to the top. I and mean, we say, this is all a big occult conspiracy. And... Uh, but the thing is, behind it is what David was saying. There's all this symbolism and rituals and all kinds of stuff that that we see. Um, but it's not as if there's only one single conspiracy that's going on. You know, it's like a, they're all using this same magic because it works for different ends. You know, um, so I don't know if if ever a, a kind of a one world system or one world government wherever it will ever crystallize because it's it's never like that there's never a total consensus anywhere on any level of nature you know yeah and a lot of the conspiracies that are arising from this crisis are have directly opposing objectives like you could even look at a little bit of what we're doing um like you know, malevolently trying to wake people up in some capacity. And then you could say, well, if, you know, the globalists are trying to tighten the grip of government power and maybe potentially hurt and kill people or lower our standard of living, whatever it is, it's like we're both using the same crisis to engineer completely opposite conspiracies. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, like you can, I think you can always, uh, I know this because I get into arguments with a with a friend of mine who's absolutely a conspiracy nut, right? He he, w he will look at everything from from uh, hindsight, you know. From hindsight, you can look at any event and say how it was engineered, you know. But uh, and so how it all fits into the plan. But as it's happening, um, there's still a point of chaos, you know. It's there's still a uh, um, it still could go out any direction. It's only afterwards where you sort of fit it into a narrative, but it doesn't mean that that it had been planned at the at the edge of the wave. You know, at the edge of the wave, no one knows what's going on. You know, um, to model this out, you'd need you'd need a thing as 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 big as the world. You need the model would have to be as massive as the, as the world is. You know, and of course, that's impossible. What if and it, I think there's uh, sorry go, go you go ahead you go ahead I was just going to say what if what if actually instead of what if they figured out that you don't need to model the entire world as long as you got there like if you met a certain threshold of approximation it was good enough 
Well, that's I think yeah they think that's what they're trying you know but it, but then it, that doesn't work out right because you then you've got you've got chaos theory where right, where a yeah. single change just reverberates through the entire system and and you could have a complete phase shift because of it you know sure uh, but they're always just perfecting that I mean that's but that's what predicting the weather is all about I know it's 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 based on probability I think it's I don't know is it human societies global human societies way more complex than the weather maybe. Not necessarily. <laughs> the weather's pretty complex. Yeah, I guess I think you know, the but fundamentals uh, of what they're. I think the fundamentals of what they're probably trying to get, they have been able to get out of this. I mean, I don't think it's too difficult to anticipate that everyone's going to be really afraid, and they're going to be able to control the narrative through the media, and that you know they're going to achieve, be able to achieve any economic upheavals that, that they're out to achieve. And I think you know that's probably more of what the end game is is economic and then just consolidating more powers and i think it's just like a, a really straight line between people are afraid and because of that you know the economy's in turmoil and then we use the media to direct it whichever we we want and we come out on the other side with more power so i think even though all the details in between are unpredictable they still get those you know fundamental things out of it well that's you remember that old quote by uh George H. W. Bush. Around the same time as he was declaring the the new world order in like 1991 or something, he was he was saying like unpredictability is our only enemy, you know. And uh, but I think uh, I don't know. It, it's just like uh, yeah, more and more things they can fit into the system, but the degree of unpredictability grows as well, you know. Um, and I I think that's that. It, that's what gives me hope, you know, uh, <laughs> is, is the if you if you don't have that degree of unpredictability, um, that's where creativity ar arises from, you know. That that's what makes us human. Um, yeah, and along those lines, I've been interested to see how like individual markets are going to be able to adjust and and demonstrate their flexibility. And I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how places that are reliant or depending on or, or have a history of looking to government to solve their problems um, in whatever capacity that is, you know, there's a spectrum of, of where, pe where people and countries and cultures lie on that spectrum. But it's going to be interesting to see who adapts to this insane crisis the quickest and who's the most creative to come up with new solutions. And I've seen just in the last week, you know, a million new solutions for how people are living their lives and also having to do business, you know, which are the same things. But I think it's going to form a lot of really interesting arguments that are going to have concrete examples that we can look to uh, for, you know, how societies either either thrive or, or die. And um, uh, based on, you know, the level of, of government involvement and control and central planning. So. Mm. Uh, and which which one, <laughs> which societies uh, do you think are going to thrive? The ones that have more, or the ones that have less? Um, so who, who can adapt? I mean, I think that that's yeah. also what this is. What is evolution of of a species or a society or anything is a matter of adapting to. So I think Zenora, you made the point of like bet on chaos that mckenna idea of like hey yeah. no one's truly in control even if someone is trying to manipulate a situation doesn't mean they actually can contain the forces of nature around them you know right. um this is 
uh, a point I've made over and over again as a as a Capricorn, like that sort of Saturnian energetic is always you see it in conspiracy culture as it's this satanic energy. It's this whatever. It's literally from like a archetypal standpoint, it's the things you can't control. Like, guess what? The sun's going to come up tomorrow. You know, like it's where this is where the, the planet is moving into this area. Oh, it's going to get colder now or whatever. Um, the, the forces that are just outside of your control and making a certain amount of peace with that. Um, but then I think when it comes to the idea of a thriving, of surviving and evolving in a situation like this, it's all about adapting to that new situation. So who's going to succeed in all that? And then Guillaume, I want you to sort of address this point you're saying of like what you see people sort of realizing what was missing out of their life or things that they maybe took for granted, how that's probably part of this uh, adaptation. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think you're right. You know, it's a, it's a time where people are realizing a, a lot of things at, a lot of thing at, at the same time, you know, so, so yeah, they're, they're, they're I, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I couldn't see the point of uh, doing this if you if you you were a grand uh, master controller of the world and because uh, to me only good things can can uh, can uh, emerge from uh, people's mind. Uh, maybe it won't last. Okay, but uh, yeah, that that that's some kind of uh, re- reset or. Or pose, you know, for people to to think about, uh, you know, if the world has been running so so fast for so many years, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, some kind of pose for people to to think. Yeah. So I'm I'm quite curious about uh, how 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 it's it's gonna be uh, after, you know. But again, you know. Uh, people are forgetting so so fast, so I'm I'm quite I'm quite scared that uh, that uh, in a few years you know we 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 won't remember you know but I'm I I want to be hopeful. Um, yeah, just to add to that, like here in Japan, um, schools have been out and a lot of people have been uh, either working from home or or. Their jobs are just saying, we'll pay you, but you don't need to come in or whatever. Um, and then you see people, like, because it's not, there's no crackdown here. There's no quarantine or anything. They're just people out playing with their kids all over the place, you know. It, it, what a great thing for Japan. Uh, that hardly ever happens, you know, here. It's it's such a, a busy, high-stress country, you know. It's just go, go, go all the time. So that the kind of pause that you're talking about is definitely happening here, which is like, a, um, yeah, even if it does come back, you know, I think you're still going to have a part of that in your uh, in your memory, you know. Sure. Like, oh, remember that time when we all hung out in the park together, you know, <laughs> as a family, yeah. you know. <laughs> so, so, so something opened. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I'm hopeful for that, too. I'm thinking about people, like, being forced to fucking cook for themselves that aren't <laughs> used to doing True. that, or people, True. you know, 
whether that's um you know just oh, all the so now we have the electronic distractions still you could still watch your you know netflix and uh stare at your iphone but the idea of having that time as you say with that's for some people this is probably horrible if you're in a can't imagine if you're in like a horrible relationship or, or an abusive sit, living situation and now you're stuck in those that sounds fucking horrible this is where my but, mind is gone alan it's like okay. all the darkness that this you know oh see i was, I was trying to make this a positive statement but yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah well like when i used to deliver chinese food and you'd go to some of those apartment complexes where there's just there's a million people packed in there and like the only the only you know vent is for them to just spill out into the parking lot in the in the grass, and I can only imagine what like a that kind of quarantine would be like, you know, you know, back to this idea of class, where um, I, like so uh, I moved just under a year ago from an apartment into a house. Like it's the first time I've lived in a space. Like I have, I, I'm renting. I don't own the house, but like I have a whole house with a backyard, and. It's me and my lady and all our fucking pets. And it's like, oh, a year ago, we were living in an apartment building, a fraction of the size, in downtown, like, right where all the people are. And it's like, we had this conversation, like, could you imagine living on the fucking third floor apartment and then, like, you want to step outside, but you can't because you'd have to, like, go, like, yeah, where do you even go? Yeah, same. We we are so happy that uh, we, we moved uh, from place uh, just last year, you know? Now we have uh, big windows with uh, the sun coming in the the flats uh, every day, you know, so we are qu- quite uh, fortunate, I think. But, you know, I was uh, also hearing that uh, um, child abuses have been growing lately, mm. of course, mm. Mm. and all the, the, the other stuff, a uh, uh, couple uh, sh- uh, fighting together, and of course it's happening also. Well, that, yeah, that's the other thing. That's the other part of the shadow is you're dealing with your own family issues or, or the people that you live with, you know. Um, you can kind of ignore it day to day if you're if you're both going to work or whatever, right? Like, uh, But if you have to spend time actually with who you live with, it's a big thing. Yeah. So trying to put a positive spin on this just because the, the the negative is so obvious it's not that i'm trying to paint this as a pretty picture but to say like the negative is so obvious uh there is a positive that's maybe not so obvious to me it's like hey if you're in that situation and maybe oh fuck i've spent my time in quarantine with this person and realize i fucking i can't i don't want to live like this totally, you know totally. um that that could be a really positive thing or again even as someone who works restaurant industry Having people learn how to feed themselves, I think, is ultimately a win. It's maybe a loss for me from a industry standpoint, but it's a it's a big win for me from a human experience uh, standpoint. I, I love cooking. I, I hope that people find this time to realize how to actually care for themselves. I spoke mm-hmm. to some people at the bar, like. Before a week before when we were starting like the week that it's kind of starting to like oh should we be shopping are we closing things what's happening and this woman talking to this other these two women talking and the idea of like oh we go to the store and you know like something about like 
fruits and vegetables. And like, well, of course, no one's touching that. And I was like, oh, that's so silly because those are the things that actually keep you healthy. And they both looked at me like I was crazy. And they're like, I'm not buying fruits and vegetables. Like that stuff has no <laughs> shelf life. That has no – so you're going to buy all this processed box shit to hold you over. I I don't know that I have the right answer. Like, what, like something I did is I bought all these fruits and vegetables. And like I had to cook a meal and then like freeze half of it because I might yeah. want – in a month, I want fucking vegetables that I can't have access to. Um, you know, it's doing things like that. And I couldn't – Anyway, these are things that make sense to me, and I'm hoping that as people realize, wow, I've eaten boxed food for a month, and I miss real fucking food, maybe they'll remember to actually provide nutrition and and all the things that you, again, just take for granted. I've been eating Doritos for dinner every night. (laughs) Oh, shit. Mountain Dew. (laughs) <laughs> oh, uh, do, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, is that yellow number five is that or green number three what is <laughs> <laughs> well you mentioned you uh you started a garden i think yeah, uh, yeah a lot of people are doing that yeah it's it's slow going but yeah it's it's exciting i've always wanted to do it and i just finally had a reason but uh, we're going to try to grow our own vegetables. The problem is, is that it's going to take a, at least a year <laughs> before I can eat. But you know, um, better late than never, I guess. Yes. But yeah, that's exactly right. Too. You might be able to find some starts. So, yeah, like, exactly. if you, yeah, and then you'll be able to get some, you know, a number because uh, we we always have starts. They're not here for another few weeks, right. uh, maybe a couple weeks, but. Where you can get melons and tomatoes and yeah, totally. No, that's how I'm going to do it. I initially tried to just sow some seeds, but of asparagus, and then I, and I didn't do enough research, and then I realized that it's going to take like four years before I could even harvest them. <laughs> so, yeah. We uh, we grew tomatoes last summer, and then the deer ate them all. Oh man. That's <laughs> <laughs> so, but you're gonna maybe, have to hunt the deer now. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. But is that really a loss, Alan? Like you just fed a deer? Like that's, oh, kind of yeah, that's true. That's true. Hey, uh, to add to the like sunshine of all this, I think it's pretty cool that, in a very sick way, if uh, we were supposed to be removed of our ability to congregate. Uh, as a result of this virus, if if this was in any way sort of the, the mission of our controllers was that if there's ever momentum within the, the population to cause a revolution or overthrow anything or even make mass protests, now we see we can always interrupt it with a viral scare that puts everyone into their homes off the streets and and robs the people of that momentum, which is so necessary to get movements going. Right. Um, because, you know, the, the entrenched, uh, you know, forces that are trying to control us, they're reliant on the fact that we never gain that momentum. And it's like now they know they have almost like a, an EMP switch. They can just stop everything in its tracks totally. and, yeah. and kill the momentum. But what I was thinking is that what, what we're really battling here, I think everyone's come to understand, is, is the technocracy and the idea that eventually the 
technology that are in the hands of the controllers is going to be so immense and so powerful that there will be no capacity for the masses to resist it. But what I see the this coronavirus kind of doing in a small, in a subtle way, but I hope a big way is it's actually accelerating our our adoption of the technocracy and our our own mass entrenchment into it because we're kind of uh, totally involuntarily and unconsciously unplugging from nature, unplugging from the streets, unplugging from outside and going inside. And, and whether we want to or not, when we go inside in the year 2020, we go into our computers and into our phones more. And it's like all the, all the things that we need in our lives, we're saying, okay, let's turn the, the, the technology level up. Let's let's turn up my ability to engage with my technology and get everything that I need, that I need from it. So in a way, we're like doing the opposite of going off the grid, which is what everyone kind of associates with escaping the powers that be. But it's like we're now empowering ourselves by becoming more on the grid as a result of being forced to go inside. And it's like we're we're sort of catching up to to the runaway technocracy by saying, okay, now we, the masses, are becoming the technocracy. Okay, you want to force us into our houses and off the streets and eliminate our ability to protest? It's like you're just allowing us to sharpen our swords in the coming technological war where we have to be programmers, we have to be you know, technologically literate, we have to be um, able to, to conduct community systems and services uh, purely remotely. It's like, okay, we're, we're going to go ahead and, and accelerate our ability to, to do that by two or three decades um, mm. as a result of you thinking that you're doing the sly thing by eliminating our ability to gain momentum mm. by protesting in the streets. So to me, that's an, an interesting, um, just interesting. That's all. So I and think the, the only... And that's, oh, go, go, go ahead, Alan. Sorry. sorry. Uh, I just I want to say very quickly is that uh, I think the hurdle to that is something Wally mentioned before, something that I've experienced on even an experiential level and whatever, is that the the internet seems shittier and smaller than it used to be. It used to be this amazing resource, and now it's this very small, narrow little channel of fucking constipated data. And I think... But is that us or it? Like, well, so okay, okay. Well, that's another question. But to say, I think, what, what, regardless of the cause of it, we there is an action we can take, and that is to you know it goes back to um, McKenna's sort of advice of like the culture isn't your friend, the that shitty little data stream isn't your friend, but maybe we can seize this opportunity while everyone's home and everyone's at their computer to make cool fucking shit. Let's make. You know, instead of like make America great again, let's make the internet fucking weird again. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Make um, SyncBook great again, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, also what also what Joe is saying is like uh, in we've seen even before this broke out, like last year and stuff, like all these protests that were basically circling the globe too um especially like places like hong kong and they were using this technology to to go beyond the system like that even even this really um super high-tech control grid that they've got set up in in uh in hong kong um the protesters were able to go beyond that you know just by just by coordinating you know it's like um so i think yeah that's the key uh 
Doug was saying, is it, is it it or us? And I, I think that's right. You know, that's the right question. It's like, I think it's us that's allowing it to constrict on us, you know? So but if we, could... we made Facebook. We made the New York Times. We, it's like we were seeking convenience. And so the Internet used to be like more like a bazaar. And now it's, you know, like more of a, a mall with five major stores, right? You go to the Apple store and then you go to, you know, whatever it is. Exactly. It's still, yeah. It's it's but still it, inf it's still infinite though. It's not a it's not a closed place. You know, it's like cyberspace doesn't have. Borders. But it was our action. Well, exactly. But so like I I used to have like in the morning I would make my coffee and then I would open a like a a whole series of bookmarks where I would look at a whole spread of news sites. And now I I it's my own actions. I'm just seeking a, like a narrower focus because it's just easier, you know to plink onto this for a little bit and then this and then this and then I'm done. You know, it's like Facebook, Twitter, and the New York Times. Yeah. yeah so there's there's something again in, in our own actions that have allowed that to happen, I think is very, very, very true. Uh I, I feel, you know, um par like partially making that Facebook group, you know, helps uh kill some of the traction the blogs had, you know, like, oh there's here's an easier centralized outlet or something and that the, these are things that I like I regret that we did things certain ways or that we all lost some of the magic that was there um, I just just to say something uh, not about this digital thing is something that came to while you were talking with the, the, the protests moving with this is another part of all the protests though was that they were making it so that you couldn't wear a mask but now, <laughs> yeah. you know, you can have all this facial recognition technology, but if everyone's wearing a fucking mask, then maybe that's, you know, that's another factor here. Anyway. I know that's going to be the new arms race, basically, like the, the, the global state against the people, you know, like, you, <laughs> you know, and uh, if, if, the, if we're able to stay online, you know, like there's no guarantee that the the state has anything over us, you know, that we, um, and it, and it runs in, it runs in cycles too, in waves that where people like now, maybe we're getting more complacent and looking at our news in one site than on Facebook or whatever. But, uh, but eventually it gets to a wave where it, it expands out, it explodes out again and people want to be as creative as possible, you know? Um, and so that, like, imagine when this lifts, you know, when this whole, crackdown lockdown quarantine like virus heaviness on all of us around the world when that's let out you know when that's finally gone um there's going to be people just dancing on the street you know everywhere you know um it's going to be a massive yeah, it's just like when you're, creativity it's just like when you're you personally are sick and you have the flu and you're like i don't remember what it feels like to feel good to feel healthy and then you do and you go out into the world with like just a renewed sense of all all the good intangibles that you know move you to to actually do good things in the world. You know, hope and energy and all that all that shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have a feeling that the the mainstream media is gonna even when it does die down, they're gonna try to drag it out for as long as possible. I just think it's gonna come in waves, and I think that we're gonna forever be living in like a post-corona world where 
just yeah. the governments and the media and they know that it's like okay the next w- scare needs to happen in six months or 18 months or and it's just going to be something we're accustomed to okay we're okay we're social social distancing is going to become just a part of our lives from now on it's like yeah. oh, when was the last social distancing uh oh oh man it's been 24 months since the last one you know right. i just think it's going to be a new thing and and they know it and so whether this one was engineered or not it's like two it's too potent of a weapon for them not to capitalize on it, especially since they've seen the way that we act, we react to it so systematically, like across the globe, every major city, you know, even the, even, you know, the suburbs, it's like, we just, it's, it's too easy for them to, to accomplish the things that they want. I think they're going to continue to use it. I don't think this is a one-time ordeal. Totally. And, and then there's the, there's the thing that comes with this is, um, I got a friend texting me the other day and he's like, Oh, I have a, you know, I've a, I got word from somebody in the government that they're going to shut Virginia down, you know, this week, blah, blah, blah. Like, don't. And like these, you know, oh, I got it on this authority that blah, blah, blah is going to happen. Well, first off, that's coming anyway, right? Like they're, they're the quarantining is already happening and it's only going to get more so in the next few weeks. Um, but the other part of this is it really reminds me of the 9-11, like post 9-11 living in New York. I remember, so that's September. I remember, like in October, there was they were gonna do the, uh, they do like a big Halloween, um, kind of like parade thing in the village every year. And I was originally gonna go to that. And I, I mean, my friend who worked for the police department like called me up. I'm like, I got it on good authority. That there's gonna be like a terrorist attack at this. You know, they didn't shut down the fucking parade. Just like everyone's whispering behind, like, well, what if something happens there? Oh, I, we got you know good information. Something's gonna happen, and you know, I just remember getting into a, an argument with my girlfriend at the time over like, well, should we go to this thing or not because of this information? And there was even a, it was yeah, there was a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where they're he's, he's they're gonna have like a, uh, a fundraiser with Alanis Morissette or something. And then, oh, we heard there's going to be a terrorist attack. Don't tell anybody. But, of course, they, everyone tells everybody. And it's this these weird sort of whispers in the background that really reminded me so much of 9-11. So this is, like, beyond even media hype, There, which uh, I agree with you guys, is that the media is going to continue. I, I saw something fucking the other day, some news article that's like, now bird flu's in China, like really trying yeah. to like, oh my God, now there's another thing to worry about. And so you right. can only pile so much anxiety onto a fragile fucking populace before people break. And yet... Or 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 they just say, fuck it, you know? <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. That's why I'm saying break in some way of like, you, you can only build that pressure so high. So I yeah. agree with Wally that yes, they're going to keep spinning media propaganda and just sort of like selling the fear but then saying also that we as humans we do that naturally we're going to keep just among ourselves having to, did you hear that maybe there's a sure um i think that's very yeah, yeah like to me what it's going to continue for the powers that be and their intentions is a continued fragmentation of communities like the the fallout of of this like mental parasite or or, like the meme of social distancing is just going to be well just that like social distancing it's like their obvious intentions were the destruction of the nuclear family and then beyond that the destruction of communities and what better way than you know the term uh, social distancing and like if that's a a new consistent fear for us 
moving forward, like you said, like always going to be in the back of our minds or, you know, should I go to the October Halloween parade because I did hear there's a new strand of bird flu? It's like, yeah, that is going to be on everyone's mind for the next 10, 20 years, just like the fallout of 9-11 was. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, I I just think it aligns so perfectly with with what they're trying to do. Uh, So. Yeah. Okay, so I have a question for anybody who, uh, what do you think are options for if we are essentially under quarantine, what are act? Uh, possibilities for sort of activism like we saw today hey department of justice wants to suspend habeas corpus we see um you know these four senators sold off their stock uh you know so obviously knowing there was going to be a problem um things where you can see uh i think uh not even going into some sort of conspiracy realm but like I can point to my neighbor and say, hey, man, don't you think that's really shitty that these four senators sold off their stocks while they were telling you not to worry? Uh, You know, what are the options for – there's always always the joke of, like, the online activists sitting at home, you know, the the armchair activists. But that's kind of the position we're in. And, Guillaume, you guys – you were talking about the the Yellow Vest protest that people were – still finding ways to try and be active. What do you think the future of that kind of looks like? Uh, really, yeah, I can't say. But uh, I'm just sure it's it's not going to stop. Uh, and uh, I think it will come back as soon as uh, everybody will be, will be able to, to go out. Plus, we will add uh, all the 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 uh, the reproach we could have, we we could had uh, for the crisis and how it it had been uh, handled by the the government. So so it it will add to the the protest, I think. So yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how it's gonna it's gonna go, but I'm pretty sure it's gonna come back and and even more more powerful than uh, before. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I I saw I saw a funny thing online. Somebody somebody said like uh, like this this virus this pandemic has been um, compared all over the place with the uh, 1918 um, uh, Spanish flu, which went it went in waves all the way to 1920. And so this there was this an election meme, too. This there? meme this meme was saying like uh, yeah everybody's worried about the Spanish flu, but what was the decade? immediately following the Spanish flu called, you know, the roaring twenties, you know, <laughs> like it didn't, it didn't keep people down, you know, even, even that, which, which killed like tens of millions, you know, like, uh, we're nowhere near at that level yet, you know? Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't think this is going to keep people down, you know, it, like, a the kind of conspiratorial mindset is that, uh, we can be controlled, you know, we're, we are machines that can be controlled. And if you have that in your head that we can be controlled, then why bother fight in the first place? You know, why bother obsessing yourself about this? You know, you might as well just assimilate what, when you can, you know? Um, so I, I, it seems, it seems more, 
uh, well, I don't know, more empowering and more optimistic to, 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 to feel like, no, we can't be controlled. We can let ourselves be controlled, but... Yeah, I, ju I just don't want to believe it too, you know, so... And I think uh, a lot of people are thinking the same, so... Uh, I really think some, some good things are, are going to go out of this, you know, even if I agree with Joe and all what have been said, you know, but uh, there are too much stuff that can't be can't be planned, you know, uh, yeah. and something is def definitely uh, happening, uh, I'm sure. Yeah, not to rain on anybody's uh, hopes and dreams here, but just my absolutely uh, personal predictions and opinions here is that this is... Um, a very big piece of a very ugly picture that we're going to see play out in the future. And that doesn't mean that it's going to be universally experienced because, um, you know, you have a, a tremendous capacity in your own individual life to make you know good things out of bad situations. But I think that on a universal level and for the general trajectory of the human experience, I think this is moving us towards a, towards a very dark period that we're destined to move towards. But Hey, that's just my opinion. And, the the backbone of that is just the further consolidation of, of global government power, which I see as a as a, a net negative. Um, and I see this uh, this Corona thing as a real big stepping stone in that process. But again, with my opinion, Joe, well, do you think okay. do you, Joe, do you think this can happen without a uh, an, an economic breakdown and then a war following that? You know, like a major war following that, which is like you look through history, and that's what's happened. You know, you you have a crisis situation, economic breakdown, and then war, and potentially a, at least a huge regional war, a global war. You know. Um, well, yeah, it's a, it's a good question, I, and I've heard that talked about with regard to the Spanish flu. Um, but it, look, again, this is my totally uh, amateur opinion here. But my personal opinion is that. The coronavirus's connection to a coming economic collapse is totally premeditated and planned, and they will go hand in hand. And that the economic situation that we've seen so far is just going to continue, and that it was 100% necessary. And particularly because the injections of liquidity that we've seen in, into almost every major Western market by governments, I think, was something that they've been waiting for an opportunity to do without having to pin it on flaws in the economic system. And the coronavirus is the perfect opportunity for that because who could look at this situation and say something doesn't need to be done monetarily. Like, like even in the U S they're talking about sending people checks. And obviously that's a good thing in, in many ways from many, many angles you could look at it, but there is a big piece of that. That is just another injection of, liquidity into the market as uh, more QE, basically, which is what the global financial powers need in order to keep this game, this economic game that they're playing moving. And so uh, that's the first piece of that, which is that as far as the economy goes, I think uh, it's intimately tied to that. And as far as a war needing to be waged, I don't think that that's necessary anymore. And the reason is because in the past, a lot of the wars that needed to be waged were about financial gain, which had to do with the acquisition of resources. But the fact that the entire world is on uh, 
floating currencies means that we don't really have to acquire resources. We just need the uh, excuses and power and consent to continue to print more money or to continue to make sure that our, our currency is valued, you know, in the global market. And there's not really a need to go and, and basically loot and plunder anymore like there was in the past. So in one sense, there won't be a, a traditional war waged, but the modern war will, will be waged as it has been, you know, for the last you know 30 years. It's, it's an economic war. And so to answer your question, it's just, that's going to all continue and maybe be accelerated and maybe pivot in a few ways. But I don't see a, a major ground war between any superpowers going on. That's my, that's just my opinion. Right, right, that's good. Um, yeah, there's an, there's another perspective out there that, uh, uh, this is a war, you know, if you look at what's, what's going on, it's, it's, a it's, it started out as a, uh, an economic war and then, me, then maybe like a, a information or cyber war. And now it's, and now it's a bio war, you know, like we, the first, the first bomb was in Wuhan and then you have a bomb in Iran and then you have a bomb in Italy, you know? Um, and then a lot of collateral stuff emanating from that, you know, it's like, uh, and that's like, that's conspiracy theory too. And I don't know how far I go along with that, you know, but it's, that's one possibility as well. Um, but the idea, I think the idea behind it, um, stands to reason is that, uh, governments are not unified. You know, you see all these, these responses from governments all the, or all, all around the world and, it's all like a, it's all a clusterfuck. They're all testing in different ways. Like even within the the EU, which you, you, we have this idea that this is the most unified group of countries in the world, and all the borders are back up. Each country is taking a different response. Each each country is testing differently. Um, there's a completely staggered response to this whole thing. So it's it's like a, I don't know. I just don't see the the global coordination. Um, that would be involved to uh, have a complete lockdown, kind of like a new world order structure, total world government structure to be put in right. place. Right. It's yeah. It's almost like it's a, the only thing that's coordinated is the lack of coordination. Like right, and on every <laughs> level, like even even in the states, you know, it's like uh, you you get all this decentralized action, like like. Um, city governments and uh, and uh, state governments taking their own action, regardless of what the federal government is doing, you know. Um, or yeah, even I, I even, agree even like the, the the World Health Organization, you know, you'd think if there was some sort of global lockdown coming, the World Health Organization would be at the center of it, and they they really dropped the ball on this whole thing. Like they didn't declare a. a a global pandemic until it was way apparent to everybody that that's what was going on, you know? Um, so to me, the, the lack of global coordination between governments is something that I, I would and always ex would expect because, you know, I, I think anything that government does is usually chaotic and typically has the opposite outcome of, of what they want. But I see the, the order, the potential for order and um, and and premeditated outcomes coming from you know private uh, financial institutions behind the governments, and I do think that there's a lot of room in this for for coordinated efforts on those parts. Because aside from like 
the things to do with testing and, and quelling the populations of certain areas to obey certain new rules instituted by the government. There's a, a whole, you know, there's a whole economic game being played here behind all the virus stuff that, you know, just in the chaos here. And there is a lot of coordinated efforts going on there, I think. And I think that's the important stuff. You know, if, if, if you're, I think a traditional conspiracy, conspiracy theorist in the things you're interested in that you tend to want to, you would want to tend to talk about like deaths and um, you know, the government's wanting to kill people. But where I just personally am is that when I talk about, think about stuff like this on a global level, I think about the economic implications. And I do think there's a lot of order and structure going on uh, with, with global financial powers. And even though they're not all in the same game and, and trying to get the same aim, because there is a currency war going on, I do believe that they all know that they collectively capitalize on um, like the economy collapsing and chaos. So it, it moves them all closer to the finish line, even though they're still in a race against each other. Do you, do you think they have an idea of what the finish line is? That's the thing that... Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, but what is it? Yeah, like, well, I think it's one is cashless society. So there needs to be an element of control. Uh, they, they need to gain you know, more control. Um, and cashless society definitely uh, contributes to that. And um, two would be... <sighs> individual financial entities that want to become uh want to become the what the u.s currently is in terms of having the world reserve currency status i, I think there's other you know financial entities that obviously are, are chasing that as, as their milestone um and while they might be content in the meantime to just be um, you know, second or third or fourth behind the U.S. in term in the currency war. I think all of them are chasing that, and um, so that's. And if I can just take a go. quick, if I can take a quick second here. So I know um, Guillaume's going to have to leave, so I want to give him an opportunity to say something before he leaves, and then if we can, after that, I want to welcome S.J. to the call. Uh, so, Gail, maybe you can go first, and then SJ, you can uh, step in, so sort of like switch you guys out. No, uh, I think I've said uh, what, what I was, uh, what I wanted to say. I, I totally uh, listen and understand what uh, Joe is saying. You know, uh, although maybe I just want to close my eyes about it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's 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 too early to for me to to know anything so so yeah my my words are that uh i'm going to try to to do the best around me you know and uh and um make make about this a good vibe uh, with the, the the people in my neighborhood like i'm seeing every every evening like i told you uh, at 8 p.m., it's it's kind of funny to see everybody uh, nearly partying, you know, <laughs> without any differences. So I know it's a, it can be a facade and it's maybe just temporary, you know, but it's it's a time where you we we can make some stuff happening, you know. So I'm gonna try to to 
to use that time to do those kind of things, you know, in the coming weeks. I think it's not gonna, because we are supposed to finish the confinement uh, next week, at the end of next week, but I, I'm sure it's gonna be uh, pro uh, prolongated. So, yeah, I'm gonna try to think about uh, about uh, stuff to organize. Maybe, maybe uh, cooking together or partying together through the windows, or you know, it's gonna be funny things like that, you know. But things that uh, we will remember then after, you know, yeah. simple things, you know, simple things that you can you can do around you, you know. That, that that's the best I can do, you know. I can predict that uh, it's gonna be war. I can predict that it's gonna be peace. It it won't change anything, but I I know I I can do stuff around me, you know. That's what I want to do. Yeah, yeah it's wonderful. It doesn't it doesn't sound like you're closing your eyes at all. <laughs> yeah. I I also want to make a quick uh um invitation before you leave is to say, I don't know how anybody else feels. I've been looking forward to talking to you guys the last few days. Um, even though I have a partner here and I have the internet, this has been something I've been looking forward to, of just having a sounding board and having someone to talk to. So I just want to leave open the invitation of like, if you guys, if anyone is interested in doing this on a more regular basis, you know, touch base once a week, we maybe find a time that works for everyone or, or not, or even Guillaume, just if you, you know, just you and I or whatever, I just want to sort of throw the invitation out that like, for all the times where it was we didn't have time, now suddenly we have time on our hands, and I want to uh, just be be available uh, and and reconnect where we can. So uh, it's okay for me. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sounds good. Well, so SJ joined us. You were in China, and now you're back in Georgia. It sounds like how how are you been doing? Been doing well, thanks. Yeah, nice to, to see everybody here and to, to share. 